Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then discuss it. This is page 787. The bells rang and folk filtered into the dining hall. Naden ladled up the stew we'd made, hot and thick with chunks of beef and carrot. I cut slices of warm white bread for those who wanted it. I exchanged nods and occasional polite gestures with those who moved through the line. I was careful to make only the briefest eye contact and tried to convince myself it was just a coincidence so few people seemed interested in bread today. Carceret made a show of her feelings for everyone to see. First she made it to the front of the line, then made a widely visible gesture of abhorrent disgust before walking away, leaving her wooden plate behind. Later, Naden and I tended to the washing up. Bashet tells me your swordplay is progressing poorly, he said with a preamble. She says you fear too much for your hands, and this makes you hesitant, firm reproach. I froze at the abruptness of it, fighting the urge to stare at his ruined hand. I nodded, not trusting myself to speak. He turned from the iron pot he was scrubbing and held out his hand in front of him. It was a defiant gesture, and his face was hard. I looked then, as ignoring it would be rude. Only his thumb and forefinger remained, enough to grip at things, but not enough for any delicate work. The half of his hand that remained was a mass of puckered scar. I kept my face even, but it was hard. In some ways, I was looking at my worst fear. I felt very self-conscious of my uninjured hands, and fought the urge to make a fist or hide them behind my back. It has been a dozen years since this hand held a sword, Naden said. Proud anger, regret. I have thought long on that fight where my fingers were lost. I did not even lose them to a skilled opponent. They fell to some barbarian whose hands were better suited to a shovel than the sword. He flexed his two fingers. In some ways, he was lucky. There were other Adam and Hert who were missing entire hands or eyes or limbs to the elbow or knee. I have thought a long time. How could I have saved my hand? I thought about my contract, protecting a baron whose lands were in rebellion. I think, what if I had not taken that contract? I think, what if I had lost my left hand? I could not talk, but I could hold a sword. He let his hand drop to his side. But holding a sword is not enough. A proper mercenary requires two hands. I could never make lover out the window or sleeping bear with only one. He shrugged. It is the luxury of looking backward. You can't do it forever and it is useless. I took the red proudly. I brought over 230 talents to the school. I was of the second stone and I would have made the third in time. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Joanna. I'm Jeremy. I have a thing. Being of the second stone or of the third is a thing that like we've heard before, but it's never clarified or up until this point, it has not been clarified. It's like what it means to be of like the first or the second or the third stone. Um, But because we see the second stone in context with the third here, we know that it's a hierarchy system based on higher numbers is better. Yes, that's true. Yes. And we do eventually learn that, it's like the test where you sort of fight your way up the hill. Also, Lover Out the Window, I don't think, is a move name we've heard before. No, no. and it's funny. <laughs> it's like... I imagine just like someone like yeeting their spouse out of the window. <laughs> well, you're yeeting yourself out the window so you're not caught in bed with someone else's wife, right? Like that's the, oh, that's the thing. Oh, I was thinking you would throw your lover out the window, but no, yeah, you are right, the yeah. lover throwing yourself out the window because yeah, you are... lest you be caught again. The names of the moves seem like they're not culturally relevant to the Adam. 
I feel like the ADEM with their kind of free love attitude would not necessarily need to go hide out the window. And also they, th- this part of the ADEM anyway, don't really have two story buildings. So like this idea originated elsewhere. Well, I don't know that that's true. You can have a bedroom on the first floor with a window to yeet yourself out of so that you don't get caught by the person coming through the front door. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's like a, a romantic advance for the ADEM to enter and exit through the windows of the people they fancy. No, I, I, cause here's the thing. Even if you're in a society where like free love is more common, there's still a difference between like sleeping with someone that it's okay to sleep with and sleeping with someone it's not right. Like polyamorous people today can still cheat on their partners and be cheated on because it's not a question of the act itself. It's the question of, who knows about it and has agreed to it. So I think they're like, even if the ADEM have a con have this more like free love attitude, I still think they probably have a concept of like infidelity. Yeah. Because it could be that like, cause they, cause they still know of disease. Right. So you want to know who else, who else is sleeping with who else to make sure everybody's. Well, the, uh, the, the, the ADEM, as we learn are like, very conscious of disease and they seem to think that like barbarians are the main risk for so maybe the lover was a barbarian yeah maybe anyway the window (laughs) anyway i i I buy it i'm almost sorry i brought it up Hmm. Uh, that is my goal on this podcast to make you sorry that you bring up anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're really batting a thousand there um the quote is like doing community service as part of this Mm -hmm. like he's He's helping to cook. He's helping Nathan. Like his training does not end at the martial side. Yeah. That's like maybe one of the lessons he's supposed to be learning from meeting all these people is seeing how the community functions and like seeing what the jobs are that people have and like doing a little bit of like job shadowing. Yeah. Seeing if, if his main, uh, career path doesn't turn out what, what other options he has. Yeah, maybe, or at the very least, kind of getting a sense for like how everybody pitches in, whether you're a mercenary or not. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that his name is Naden because it sounds a lot like Dayden. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you two think? Two different that's cultures, two very similar sounding names. Hmm. You know what? There's only so many syllables you can string together into a fantasy name. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm reminded of Negan from. Um, Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. That's, mm. Yeah, that's I only like so many. This this character is basically only on three pages, but I think he's very clearly drawn. Like what his attitudes are, what his like psychology is. He's like he's proud and defiant, but that is almost like covering up his kind of like his longing and his regret. I, I just think he's a really well-drawn character in very little page time. The thing that I find sort of interesting about this character and how they're drawn, we get like a whole bunch of information about them and then they're going to disappear. And I feel like they're um, not a stand-in, but like it's like a type of character and we're going to see them a couple of times. Like it feels like there's like, it's mm, trope is not the right word, but there's like a, I don't know. There's a thing happening here that I feel like occurs several times. I'm bad at words. I'm so sorry. Well, it what, sort of does. What is the thing of... that you think is happening? Like he's, it's some something about how he's like this older, gruffer character. 
that is teaching him a thing without directly teaching him a thing. Like he's sort of directly indirectly teaching him a thing. And I, for some reason, this feels very much like it would happen again. I think it, it does sort of, I'm looking back on the previous page at the other people that both is placed with. And I feel like Naden is kind of like the one who's most capable of articulating the lesson that Quoth is supposed to learn. I, I'm still stuck on this idea that these people are like disabled in, in a sense and that they have sort of found the place that they can be of the most use and like feel the most valued. Like the, the woodcutter who only speaks for hours about splitting wood, like that feels to me like kind of an autistic fixation, right? But like, this is someone who really loves splitting wood. So has been, you know, given the job of like, okay, you love splitting wood. This is important to you. You get to be the wood splitter. And we have the, the delirious old man who will spin silk. Like maybe he's a little bit simple or something or a little bit demented. Well, if he's older, he might have like something like dementia. Yeah, exactly. And so he sort of plays there. And then the two sisters, maybe they are like, uh, you know, maybe they, they need each other and they sort of have their own secret language or their secret dance or whatever, but they can still make candles, you know, like everyone still has a place, even if they aren't like productive in the sense of, like what the Adam think of as productive. productive. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of the lesson here. And I also think that Naden is perhaps the most neurotypical and is therefore the most able to articulate like the lesson. Also, it seems like Vashet has kind of primed him a little bit. Vashet said, all right, look, I'm going to put Quoth with you because he's too afraid of uh, losing his hands. So I need you to talk some sense into him. It, it's kind of a shame that this page ends where it does, because the literal next paragraph is Nadan explicitly saying, this is the lesson I am here to teach you. And I'm not going to spoil what that is because that's for tomorrow's page. But like he is there to teach a lesson that is not quite what you're articulating. It's a lot <laughs> more direct than that. I, I think it's interesting and worth note that Nadan's feeling about like his situation is uh, proud anger and regret because it's like he's proud he's happy to be where he is but he also regrets losing his fingers it's like you can be two things at once and and that's what's happening yeah and my like, he's reading not, is... he wouldn't he wouldn't go back but also like he doesn't like that he doesn't have his fingers yeah like that's the thing he's like there's no point in obsessing over it because it's happened now it's in the past and i can't change it but that doesn't mean that I don't wish that I had all my fingers. Yeah, I'm sure he'd prefer to be a mercenary, but... Yeah. I think his proud anger is like a kind of defiant... That's that's his way of coping with, I think, the, the sense of loss and regret that he has over losing his fingers, losing his like social position, right? He's not a mercenary anymore. He's not afforded the same social status that mercenaries are. He's just a cook. It doesn't actually seem to matter that he was a mercenary and that he brought all this money into the school, you know, he's lost his hands, but he's like, well, that's like, you know, Dems the brakes, tough shit. I still got to get on with my life and I still have to contribute to my community. But as you say, Jeremy, the, the nature of the lesson he teaches is a little bit different than that. It's a little bit more like, or rather less optimistic. I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but it's, it's not kind of what I expected and not, I certainly didn't remember it and it's not what I expected from this lead up. So I think we can maybe leave it there as like a teaser for what the lesson ends up actually being. Yeah. Well, I think another component to the lesson is that in some, like you have to kind of accept that you're not in control of your fate because he's like, I'm like, this guy is like a skilled, well-trained mercenary and he got his 
he got maimed by some asshole peasant farmer who was like a conscript probably right he says they fell to some barbarian whose hands were better suited to a shovel than the sword it's like it didn't matter how well trained i was i still lost my fingers it wouldn't have mattered how like it there are things that are just out of your control yes well i yeah let's let's finish this tomorrow because i think there's context to be provided coming Exactly. exactly all right then we will provide that context to you on tomorrow's page. Uh, we haven't done a bit in a while. Anyone got any bits? You did a Star Wars bit like yesterday, did you not? It's not really a that bit. Was, We're sort of quoting Star Wars. Not, that was a whole day really, ago. Uh, I'm definitely not going to help you do a bit. Uh, <laughs> Jordana, uh, the bit not doer. Bit I, I would say yeah. if Nick is if Nick is the duty head for anti-romance, whatever, I am the duty head for, for the bits. Because you guys do enough bits without my help. It is you might say that it is our duty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and duty flows from the head, as they say. That's right. Uh and duty will flow from us on tomorrow's page. Of <laughs> the wind. wind. Kind of flowing downhill in an endless semi solid stream. <laughs> <laughs>